1049 The Horn. It is a smooth soul Monday. My man Patrick plays jams intended to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who may have had a tough weekend. Of course, that was definitely the case for Texas baseball getting swept by the Sooners uh, over the weekend. Uh, we'll talk about things that uh, are a little bit more uplifting. Uh, also, we'll get into the uh, the bucket list items on the Specs text line. My man Patrick said today was National Bucket List Day. National Bucket List Day. Which, oh, a texter also wanted us to know that uh, bucket list is a relatively new term that we have started to use. That is uh, something that, you know, we have, we weren't using it before. He said, did y'all know bucket list is actually a relatively new term? It didn't really become a part of our vernacular until the movie came out in 2000. Was that Jack Nicholson? Yeah, and like Morgan Freeman, I think. And I think you're, I think I saw that. I think I saw the bucket list movie. I, I'm not too, I, my guess is, yeah, it was probably like a marketing person for a travel agency <laughs> or something. That was like, do your bucket list items before and visit wherever we're selling you tickets to. Yeah, Probably where it came from. Yeah, just, most yeah, of these phrases that come in the vernacular for marketing or something. Most of your bucket list items, you have to travel to accomplish. Them. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta leave the crib to accomplish. Yeah, them. Not, not all of them. Or, well, I like to sit on my couch. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Not all of them, because we do have a couple <laughs> of bucket list items that you don't have to travel to. Uh, someone, says, hey, ATX Jacks fan says, uh, cage. He wants to cage dive with great white sharks. See, there you go, Patrick. You gotta travel for that one. You definitely I don't, I, travel look. I'm one. hoping you gotta travel because I don't want no great white sharks in Lake Austin. Lady Byron, like, uh, you know how I am about open water. I you uh, I don't even go if I'm going open water. I usually go chest deep, like nipple deep. That's about as deep yeah. as I go. If I if I it go past the nipples, well, and I wait, start let me to ask panic. you: if you're going, <laughs> but that's like you're talking ocean. Is that waves? To yes. chest? Yeah, no, no, yes. If it starts to get around, so you're not the going chest. like waves over the head, no. but the water oh, to the chest. No way, okay. water to the chest. That's okay. it for me. So that's waves to the chest. Waves to the chest. All right. I, that's oh, a- oh, water over the head. Oh yeah. no way, I would panic. This, uh, you know, <laughs> no. That that's that means that means creatures that are large that are as large as me could, could be, be inhabiting a- that same but, area. Yeah. I, I can't have that. That depends on where you're at. I don't. Mm-mm. I've been to the beach plenty of times here in in the Gulf, and it's. I don't think there's that many. Hey, Massive animals that close. I but. got bad luck. Trust me. If something, <laughs> if something crazy would happen, it happened to Rod B. Uh, we did have one texter said they want to do some uh, some shrooms on their bucket list. I said as long as you do it safely, you know, yeah. and responsibly with people you care about and people that care about you, that should be all be good. One another texter said crazy sh- shrooms are a bucket list for someone. He said I did them last week and had a blast. Check it off your list. <laughs> Oh, you guys are fantastic. All right, bucket list items on the Specs text line. And, yes, a lot of them are R-rated or even X-rated, so I have to PG-13 them up, if you will. Y'all got some dirty minds out there. Uh, oh, Chance says he wants to attend an EPL game, Arsenal in North London. That's nice. Yeah. Make it to Jerry's house. Okay, I like that. And he says three, four, and five are all pretty much a little explicit, so he'll save us the yeah the trouble. Which, uh, you know what, good for you. You know what? So if you want to put your uh, your sexual exploits up there, 
as well for your bucket list item. You can do it. I'll try to PG-13 it up. All right, let's get to NFL news, notes, and nuggets because there are a ton of them. We'll read more bucket list items a little bit later on. Okay, so the biggest news item of the day, ladies and gentlemen, is that Aaron Rodgers, it has finally happened. Aaron Rodgers has been traded to the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. It is done. Adam Schefter reported earlier, uh, probably about like an hour ago, I guess, uh, but that the Jets, they get Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the number 15 pick in the 2023 draft, and a fifth-round pick, number 170. The Packers are going to get the number 13 pick in the 2023 draft, so essentially a pick swap in the 2023 draft. They also get a second-round pick. They get a sixth-round pick, number 207, and then a conditional 2024 second-round pick. That becomes a first-round pick if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps. So... On face value, I'd look at it as, you know, if you're just looking at the trade value, the assumption if you're the, you know, the the Packers here is that if Aaron Rodgers take him out of it, I mean, obviously he's part of the the assets traded here, but just looking at trade value and draft capital, those pick swaps, they kind of cancel each other out. The... The sixth round pick and the fifth round pick kind of cancel each other out. So what they're saying is basically Aaron Rodgers was worth a second round pick and whatever that conditional pick is. So Because the rest of those kind of cancel each other out. It's a second round pick and then a conditional either second or a conditional first. If he plays a lot, he's worth a first. If he doesn't play a lot, he's only worth two seconds. And, and your, your technical, your theory of this in the second mm-hmm. first is that they shouldn't be that far apart. That if... The Jets, if Aaron Rodgers plays a bunch of snaps, they win a bunch of games. That's a late first-round pick. If he does not play, it is an early second-round pick. Okay. I so, agree with this. so that is not really that much of a difference in pick likely. I like the way you put that. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah, if you look at like the draft value chart, yeah. where they have a point system. Yeah, that pick's every probably pick. between 20 and 40. Okay. No, I, I, I agree with you 100%. So my thing is that so basically they, they assumed, if you're just looking at all the value, essentially he was worth a second-round pick plus – Basically, two seconds or a second and a first, depending on if, if he plays 65% of the snaps or not. Okay, now, Patrick, here we go. Do you believe that this will be a success? Because think about the division now. You got Buffalo. Buffalo with Josh Allen, they pretty much have run that division yeah. since Tom Brady left. Uh, then you but, got the Miami Dolphins. We saw, we saw some cracks in this team with Brian Dayball leaving. There yes. are some cracks yes. there. No so question. We see Josh, that. Josh Allen has become a little bit more irresponsible with the football. Yes. With Dave which Lowe. was a huge problem early in his career. And they can't figure out a way to get a traditional running game. Yes. They should draft so, Bijan. But they, but I, they're going to trade up to draft Bijan now. Yes, they will. We'll get into that. <laughs> this seems to be the case. Uh, so, And then you got Miami, who made the playoffs basically with a – I don't know, with, with, with half the season with Tua and then the rest of the season with backup and third-string quarterbacks. They were in the, in the playoffs with Skylar Thompson, a third-string quarterback. Yeah, quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater couldn't stay in the game either. Yeah, yeah. and now they just added Jalen Ramsey. Added and they Jaylen added some Ramsey. other pieces on defense. They believe, they brought in Mike White from the Jets. So Exactly. So that when Tua gets hurt, not gonna win, if he gets hurt. Hopefully he stays healthy all season. But if he don't, at least they got yeah. an Odds upgrade. are if you're an NFL quarterback, you won't. Well, only I believe the number is ten quarterbacks last year played all the games. So odds are you won't. Odds are you won't. Great point. Getting back to the Aaron Rodgers thing there too. It had sixty five percent. All right. So what do you think? First of all, d- define your define what success is to you uh, in regards to this Aaron Rodgers to the Jets thing, and do you think it will be successful? So I figure the Jets. I'm not going to say Super Bowl or bust. 
I'm going to say, Bits. I'd say uh, championship, like conference championship bust for them. I'm with you. Because you haven't won anything in so long, I think if you if you win the conference championship, you make it to Super Bowl, you don't win it. I think that's what, that's your a growing success. If you make it to the conference championship, I think you're you're okay because then you go, all right, now Aaron wants to come back for another year to, and we can go try and take that next step the year after. They are, yeah, you, I, I'm, I think you're right. I think it is because he might retire he next might. year. If he, if he doesn't like the way the, the fans in New York treat him or the media treats him, or the team, or they lose first round, everybody he, blames he, it on him. Exactly, he made exactly. If it's humiliating the first year, he may decide, man, I'm done. They're, they I'm got out. a lot of young guys, and we know Aaron Rodgers isn't the biggest fan of young guys. I so I I think you're right. I think you you have to have what he even what Aaron Rodgers defines as success. I don't even know what that is, but I assume it's a playoff run. It's playing yeah. or at least being in the championship conversation. And I'll say this: I I'm leaning toward it being a success, and I'll say I'll tell you why. Aaron Rodgers, we know Aaron Rodgers has got skill. Father time is, is coming for us all. There's no doubt about that. But there's a way at the quarterback position to age gracefully. right? We've seen it happen with a lot of great quarterbacks like Tom Brady, which are Drew Brees. Like these quarterbacks, I think Russell Wilson is going to get back to it. But he was aging gracefully until he got to Denver. And then that was nothing graceful. Uh, about what happened with him in the Broncos. But I think at quarterback, there's a way to do that. And he's at that age now where, yes, you know, his skills may be de- deteriorating a little bit uh, and even more than a little bit. But he's, he's got more than enough skill to still be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He became disenchanted with the franchise, and it started when they drafted Jordan Love. And it is it, 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 it's, it's the Shakespearean irony of it is that he was at one point in his career, he was Jordan Love because yep. that's just the, the way the Packers do business. Yeah. They've been doing business like that forever since Ron Wolf and was that's the GM. Winning franchises usually do business. Yes, he's like, no, exactly. We'll never. And because they didn't want one person to pretty much hold the, hold the franchise hostage, which he had done and Brett Favre had done a couple of times. They've been through this already. And let's so, say, who was in the Super Bowl last year? Two teams that drafted quarterbacks before they drafted Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts before, while they had another starting quarterback. Exactly. Because you got to start thinking winning ahead. franchises. Start thinking about the future. Yes, and, winning know, franchises. Do that. That's a great point. I totally agree with you. And the Packers, are, you could argue, they're the ones who started uh, that model, and everybody's kind of copied them after that. But I digress. Getting to do it when he had to pretty much show the world, um, and he wanted to show up Brett Favre and show the world that they were justified in picking Aaron Rodgers when they did, and it was a great pick because you know, he was picked like in the twentieth. Uh, in the 20s or something like that in the first round. And, yeah, he had potential, of course, to be the best quarterback in the league, and they were going to let him sit. So he wanted to show Brett Favre and show the organization and show all the fans that he believed in himself and that he should have been drafted higher. Remember, he was upset by dropping in the draft. He had a chip on his shoulder. And when he won the MVP, his latest MVP, I should say, his latest MVP, he also had a chip on his shoulder. He was upset with the organization. He was upset about them drafting Jordan Love. He wanted to show them that he still had what it took to be considered the best quarterback in the league. And I said, I don't know if this is going to work or not. I believe that it probably will, it will be a success. I don't know if he's going to win the Super Bowl, but he's got a chip on his shoulder. Aaron Rodgers with a chip on his shoulder. Yes, he's got the ayahuasca trips and he's got the darkness retreats. That's all a part of Aaron Rodgers. That's just the he's a diva, and you're going to get that with the diva. But when he's got a chip on his shoulder. And it's a few times in his career you can kind of go back and track it. Usually that's when you get the best Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying you're going to get that consistently, but for one season, 
I think you could get it. Yeah. Because he wants to show everybody that everybody who's counted him out and everybody who's decided he's too much of a diva and they're sick of hearing about Aaron Rodgers. You don't think a guy like this, a narcissist like this, is reading what all you guys are saying or listening to what they're saying about him? Of course he's he is. He's got a Google alert set up. No doubt. But I will say, like all the greats, he uses that as motivational currency, especially when he's at his lowest point. All the greats do. He is one of the greats, whether you like it or not. I think I'm leaning toward this being a successful venture and experiment just because he's going to be all in. Yeah. You get a motivated Aaron Rodgers. He was last time he was motivated when he won the MVP. Yeah. No, and I, I think that, look, there's always injuries. That has always come down to anything. We know that, that Brees Hall getting injured for the Jets last year hurt him some. So injuries, we'll take that aside. I think the biggest key, because I think it'll be a success too, I think the key for being successful or not is Robert Sala. Because they have That's hired fair. Nathaniel Hackett. They have hired the guy to be the intermediary. Between Aaron Rodgers and, and and Robert Sala, BFFs, they've hired that they've hired him to be the intermediary between Aaron Rodgers and the wide receiver core. Got it, Alan Lazard. They got it. Yeah, Alan Lazard. But when you got Garrett Wilson and he goes, "Well, I don't. He's too young. I don't. We have Nathaniel Hackett there yeah. to help him out." And so you have some guys put in place there. The question is, does Robert Sala get this offense to work the way Aaron Rodgers wants it to? And when things go bad, or is he able to handle him the way that Aaron Rodgers likes to be held, handled? Or is there a point where they're just not compatible as people? I don't know. Robert Sala seems like a pretty cool guy. To, like He seems pretty straightforward and easy to work with. But I think that's going to be the question of a young, inexperienced head coach that doesn't have a ton of years as a head coach being able to come in and control a guy who basically picked and chose his way to come to you. Has a lot of things where he, the management and ownership probably believes in him more than they believe in you. Can you get that to do the best work possible. Yeah, because Robert Sala, and I was, it's a great point, because I think Robert Sala, he handled what his what his expertise yeah. ha- has been, which is defense. He really, His defense is no, it was like top five defense yeah, in the league. Played great. It was like number two, number three def- scoring defense in the league last year. was really, really good. That's his expertise. But that doesn't make you a great head coach. That just makes you a great defensive mind to be a great head coach. You got to learn how to manage personalities. Uh, you got to learn how to coach the coaches. You know, all – all that all the chess match within the game, and you have to be able to contribute as a football mind to the other side of the ball because I, is it we? I'm not gonna judge. Uh, what's his name? What's the guy they hired? Uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Yes, I'm not gonna judge him as a head coach because he got thrown yeah, into. He had a disastrous season last year. Uh, but as an offensive mind, Aaron Rodgers loves him. He does. So basically, I'm assuming Robert Sala is gonna coach the defense, and Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers are gonna coach the offense. It's gonna be their offense, which. If it's if if it if it's a good offense and they're winning games, it's going to be a perfect marriage. Yeah. But if the offense is struggling, what and is Robert Sala do? Exactly, and that's why I say Robert Sala because I, I'm not going to. I don't know what Nathaniel Hackett's going to bring, and I could say, well, it depends on if he's going. But it's their offense. It's Aaron Rodgers. What he wants to do, what Nathaniel Hackett probably did with him. They're going to put together the they're offense. They're going to make an offense. So I, I'm not as that one is just going to be like if it works, it works. But I figure Aaron Rodgers will make it work enough. But if there is bumps in the road, how does Robert Sala deal with, hey, man, that play calling is not working? If it's not going to work, it's going to be the offensive line, I think, because here are the weapons. Yeah. They got Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, all right, one of the favorites of Aaron Rodgers, McCole Hardman, uh, Corey Davis is a wide receiver there, too. He was a first-round pick at one point for the yeah. Titans, I believe, back in the day. Tight ends are Tyler Conklin and uh, C.J. Uzoma, running back, Brees Hall. I think they'll draft another running back in this draft, too. Yeah. 
I mean, that, that offense has got weapons. Yeah, they've got a ton of weapons. And that's, it's, you know, and, and well, look, Brees Hall is really good. But, again, you have Aaron Rodgers coming off of having the best running back core in football, possibly, with Aaron Jones and uh, A.J. Dillon. One of them, yeah. Right so, if you were saying they had two great running backs, he had a great change of pace, so you might want to draft the one in there, especially in a, in a deep NFL draft. They're, I'm sure they'd be on the, the phone call with the Titans if the Titans are not playing well this year and you get to week mm-hmm. six and you need another back beside Brees Hall. They might be the one to call up and say, hey, man, we're all in. Give us Derrick Henry as a change of pace back. Just go draft Rojo. No, I get that. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying we're week five, week six of the season, and so, you my... didn't get your guy. Look, we we want we think Rojo should be on every team. Well, did, he works he works for them. <laughs> he say, works, like, you he works on the every third team. Round, he'd work for the Jets. He'd be perfect for them. Uh, but no, I'll give you. You're right. Uh, the running game and the offensive line, I think, are the biggest questions. The defense is going to be solid, and the weapons. And I, I'm not even saying the, the running game will be bad. Game. I'm saying it's how do you work in Nathaniel Hackett's offense? Do you you know does it work the same way when you don't have the same types of backs? Are you able to make Brees Hall work in this offense? Are you able to have two backs that are going to be able to take off the drowns? And how much do you run it if Aaron Rodgers is basically the play caller? Well, that's the thing about it. His MVP season, the, the Packers ran it a ton. Yeah. Remember, they drafted A.J. Dillon. Everybody thought they were yeah. crazy. And it's like, no, no, we're actually going to we're gonna turn him into a high-percentage passer. And they went to a lot of quick passes, a lot of quick game, um, targets to motion with Devontae Adams, and they turned him into an MVP quarterback. And, of course, Nathaniel Hackett was there. Yeah, I, the Packers for a lot of time with Aaron Rodgers have been a yards after catch team. Yep, and it's just like, hey man, get him in space. Aaron Rodgers puts it right there quickly, right where it needs to be, and they can hit him in motion and run. Yak daddies, man. And I, I've said on this show multiple times, if you look at it uh, schematically, the offense in the NFL that is closest schematically to Sark's o- offensive ideology is probably the Packers. There's a lot of the, yeah. the signatures that they use and a lot of the, the commonalities of the, of the concepts. And, of course, he's from that Shanahan tree, which Sark loves so much. All right, so that's the big story is Aaron Rodgers to the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, I think it'll be a success. I, I, I really do. But uh, the, the offensive line is probably the biggest issue. I wouldn't be shocked if they draft the offensive line in the first round in this draft just to try. Because while you were, the skill positions are loaded. Yeah, I mean, you got the best corner in the league on defense with a top three defense in the league right now, and and you got Garrett Wilson at the wide receiver position. He's one of the best young wide receivers in the league. Uh, McCole Hardman is your speed guy. Alan got, Lazard yeah. is your. I, I imagine familiarity will probably make him one of the top third down targets because he'll be going up against their third best cornerback anyway most of the time. So I like it. I like the skill positions, and I honestly I like the uh, the trade for both sides because it is conditional. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think that for the Packers, you get a move on with the cleanest break you're going to get in this situation. You yeah. put him in the other conference, so you're not really worried about him. And now the question is, can Jordan Love play quarterback? But it's better to find that out before you have to pay him, right? Well, and I think they're going to tank if he doesn't. They're going to find out real. They, they, yeah. they put him out there, you know, and but throw you him to the pay, wolves. Are you going to pay Jordan Love if you've never no. seen him play? That's why they're going to throw him to the wolves. Yeah, they're going to throw him to the wolves and let him play. And if he's terrible, they're like let him play because then yeah. gonna, we'll get a good pick, and then we'll we'll figure out what to do at quarterback because the Packers they always have a solution at quarterback. Yeah, most teams do not. They're they're already thinking I, about their so next quarterback. Some teams we may mention in this state do not. <laughs> exactly. Some people just some teams rely on luck, and you know what? Damn it, if it hadn't worked out for him. Uh, okay, so we'll get to uh, Cowboys next segment actually in the Hardstock 
my can we quickly let's get to these Bijan odds because the draft is coming up on Thursday. Uh, we all know Bijan Robinson at this point. Uh, I believe he's trending toward being a top 15, a lottery pick of the NFL, if you will. I think he's trending to being a top 10 pick at this point, which is crazy, but I think top 15 is almost guaranteed at this point. And I still think somebody's going to trade for him. I think somebody's going to make a move for Bijan. They'll get too antsy, too anxious, and they'll make a move for him, either trading up to get him, or you'll see a team maybe trade down early on and just trade down, and they're trading down for a swap and to draft Bijan Robinson. Yeah, if he he gets past eight, someone is definitely (laughs) trading for him. Oh, no doubt. I but, agree. But, but if it's about that Raiders pick, if CJ Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson are gone before pick seven, and the Raiders are sitting there with no quarterback of the future ready to pick at pick seven, and they may want to look at a Hendon Hooker or somebody else a little bit later in the draft, you look you go take phone calls and say, Look, Falcons. Falcons. Well, that's well. That, I, Vegas agrees with you. If you're looking at DraftKings right now, the betting odds suggest the team most likely to land Bijan Robinson is Atlanta, and they they've been trending lately. That's a new team kind of trending for Bijan. Um, you know, the Eagles have been trending for yeah. a while. Cowboys were trending for a while. Chargers were trending for a while. Bills became a popular team for a while. Now it seems that the uh, newest team is the Atlanta Falcons, and they're at plus two hundred. The team, the next team, the next most likely team to draft Bijan actually is the Texans at plus five hundred. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think the Tex, the Tex. Oh, you know what? We we might let's get into this a little bit too, since we got some time. We're talking about odds. <laughs> Have you seen the odds now? Uh, the latest odds for who's most likely to be drafted number two overall behind Bryce Young? Because I'm not surprised by it. All the odds makers now are saying pretty much Bryce Young's going to be number one pick overall. Yep. Um, whether you like it or not, Texans fans, I do not. But right now, uh, the <laughs> the latest odds uh, for who will be most likely drafted number two are Will Levis. He's now the favorite to be drafted number two overall. Multiple, it, it, multiple sports books have him installed as a favorite to go second overall. Which goes with what you heard several weeks ago, which was they liked Will Levis more than C.J. Stroud. Yeah. And they kind of wanted to trade mm-hmm. back and still pick Will Levis because they thought he would be there at four, five, or six if they could move into that place. And which is why I said they need to pump up C.J. Stroud to try and get someone to take that number two pick and pick C.J. Stroud, and then they get Will Levis later. But I think at this point they realize mm-hmm. Will Levis will not go past four. They don't think they think that either Indianapolis or someone will trade up to three if he drops to three. So now they're sitting and saying, well, if we want him, we can't move back further than three. And if we moved back, that team may try and take Will Levis. So if we want him, we have to take him at two. And I'm I'm in the middle on this one. I, I'm not in the middle. I, I don't like the Will Levis move. I, I don't like it, but yeah. I also don't like them not taking a quarterback at all and not having any quarterback answer and then hoping and praying that somehow next year they get Caleb Williams or Drake May or whoever they like then. I just don't believe they get him next year either. And then you have another year, and then another, and then another, and how many years until you get your perfect fit? So if you do have a guy you like, and he's your guy, I don't like you reaching for him at number two. But do you like him or do you love him? Because the reports are they loved they loved Bryce Young. They're not going to have access to Bryce Young because he'll be yeah. gone by then. And if you like C.J. Stroud and also like Will Levis, I don't think they like C.J. Stroud. But I'm saying I don't. If, I don't think. I don't think they have any feelings towards C.J. Stroud whatsoever. If they are, they're negative. It does not seem like they care about C.J. Stroud. But my thing is, if you so you so do you love or like Will Levis? Is my question. That's that is where and, you, and if, I I don't. But I think because to me, honestly, I wonder if 
trading for Trey Lance would be a better option than reaching in the draft. Then, and I wonder, depending on what after, the value of a Trey Lance would after be. this trade with Aaron Rodgers, I think that's a different conversation than it was before. Because now that the trade value there was set at a second and a conditional first second for a, for a multiple time MVP, and yes, it's a shorter term, but you also know they're the the Forty ers are on the clock of we're not going to pay Trey Lance. So how much longer so, is this yeah, a so value got, for us to that's trade? Your leverage, your leverage is you know you don't you don't want to pay Trey Lance while Brock Purdy becomes your starting quarterback. So are you going to give up three first rounders for a guy who played four games for you, and you're going to play him two games to start the season? And then Brock Purdy comes back in, and Trey Lance exactly. signs with another team. That's your leverage. Is that, is that what you really are going to use it for? Six to eight games. That's your leverage. You're giving up three first round picks. So I would, I would pursue, I, I would examine that. I would be open to it by the Texans because we know they're open. Because Sarah's already said it, they're open to trading the number two overall pick, yeah. which means they're open to any possibility at yeah. number two overall. I would at least consider the 49ers off. Yeah. If you know your 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 staff knows them really well. And there's familiarity there. I'm just if you think he's a better prospect than Will Levis, exactly because he might be. Well, you know, Will well, I, because Will, Will Levis, Levis threw for how many? How many times do you think Will Levis threw for more touchdowns and interceptions last season? And well, first of all, I don't know. I can tell you, it's, no one is looking at his last season, and that always bothers me. It's just five. Yeah, I that's the, what bothers me. Is they always go five. look at his junior year, <laughs> look at his year before, and you go, I don't want it. if he doesn't have consistency. <laughs> consistency is a top five pick. A guy who can every year go out there. I don't want him to know well he lost players or that. No, no. I for a number two overall pick, I'd prefer somebody who always looked like he was a good quarterback. Or at least, at least, or at least, I would like a better trajectory, kind yeah. of like a linear trajectory, rather than just and, all over. And the again, place. and if I'm looking for physical traits. Trey Young not only has the arm that that Trey Lance Trey Lance has yeah. the arm that uh, that uh, Will Levis has. Oh, that's right. But he's got legs too, and Will Levis doesn't necessarily have the legs. So if we're saying, hey, we want a guy who's a physical specimen, Trey Lance fits that even more than Will Levis. Will Levis, they just thought had better accuracy, I believe, in his penultimate year in college. <sighs> and this is all because C.J. Stroud. Apparently is a bum based on all the evaluations. Apparently, oh, and apparently, I know. I, I, I'm also buying I'm, into your. I'm, I'm, I'm being hyperbolic. I, I'm, I'm buying into your your Mulligetta claim too. Are you buying into? I'm it buying into it that they that the fact that he's not coming out and they're not defending him. I, it seems as if they don't want to go to Houston and Houston doesn't want to deal with him and they're all just fine and dandy not being the number two pick in the draft. And it just seems like you look, man. We know you're friends with Deshaun and all that. We don't, we want to move away from that. We don't want to deal with that agent ever again because you're going to ban a trade in two years. We don't win. We don't want to deal with that. Yeah. But if that's the case and then you're like, well, Will Levis, throw a football too. We'll grab. I think they might be going defense. I think they, I think could, I bet if, if you go, de- if you leave, if we, if we are on this radio show on Friday and the Texans starting quarterback is Davis Mills. That is going to be a sad, like, you know what I mean? It's the Texans. Why would you be surprised? Uh, you be, left no, this organization. No, but I think I, if you're going to make a trade, if you're making a trade and you go, we're getting Trey Lance, or heck, mm. we're even trading for Mac Jones because the Patriots realize this division's out of hand and they want to restud. Like, it's, it's the Texans, man. You should not be surprised. Any other organization? I'm not surprised. I know I'm not surprised because I was the one who told you this could happen a month ago. But they've been veering toward doing something <laughs> stupid in this draft oh. for the last four months. They could have. They could have traded. First of all, they screwed up the tankathon. That was. It was easy. Just lose. It was easy. 
Don't All fire you your coach the day before the game. And if you if you fire him, don't fire let him. him coach the game. Fire him then. Don't let him coach the game. Hey, it's going to be a bad look if we fire two head coaches and one of them before the end of the season, huh? So we'll let you coach one more game. You, I mean, again, you, you uh. followed one stupid decision up with another dumb decision and then had a chance, Albert Breer reported, they had a chance to move up to the number one overall pick and trade with the Bears to get that number one overall pick. And they decided, even though they have more draft capital than any other team over the next two years, they didn't want the pick. Okay, so you don't want the pick. I'm assuming you know exactly what you want to do if you don't want that pick. Turns out they don't. They don't know if they want to draft a defensive guy. They don't know if they want C.J. Stroud or Will Levis, number two overall pick. So they're going to screw this up again. I don't know how they're going to do it. They're going to find some way to do it in a monumental fashion because that's what they do. They're a a, a fluster cluck of a franchise, and they're going to find some way to mess it up. And they're going to go from dumpster fire to flaming landfill. And if I was man, if I was D'Amico Ryan's, I wouldn't I wouldn't let him do it. No, I mean I would take I would take ownership of this draft if I was him. This is a franchise <laughs> that hired David Cully to tank, then fired David Cully because he didn't get along with Jack Easterby while tanking and didn't tank hard enough. So then they hired Levy Smith and then tell him, Hey, we're firing you because you, you tanked well enough, but we were just always gonna fire you and then he wins the game. Like the amount of how you couldn't have dealt it better, you could have I mean I don't get, and you spent yeah. millions of dollars to do this. By and the you, way, as I was like, because you're paying why, David Cully and yeah. and Lovey Smith right now. You're paying both of them still. And I'm, I'm, and you don't think they're going to screw this up? Why? Why we have faith that the Texans would make I, the I right don't. decision with this I draft? I don't. It's just why it, is there anything? What? What? Because what? they're adults. <laughs> well, even the one we thought they got right with Deshaun Watson, oh. they somehow found a way to screw it up because oh. Deshaun Watson. They didn't do enough deep diving into the character. They bought him of a Deshaun hotel Watson. room. Yes, they did, which actually cost them draft capital. Yeah, yeah they end up yeah. bottom hotel room game NDAs. Come oh, on, Texas. Man. Wow. Yeah, Come on. I have no faith they're going to do the right thing here. Ugh. I'm just going to pray about it. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll come back. We'll get into uh, some, some more Cowboys discussion. Dak Prescott will have input on the wide receivers that are drafted for the Cowboys. We'll discuss that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful nine horn. Girl, I can understand how it might be And I ought to love a guy like me Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. This is my man Patrick Plays Jams. Intended to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans out there who may have had a tough weekend. Uh, that was definitely the case for our Texas baseball fans. Uh, but actually, it's going to be a good weekend for a lot of NFL fans out there because uh, the NFL draft is all about hope, and the NFL likes to keep hope alive this draft week. Uh, as a matter of fact, we'll be out uh, and about hanging out for our NFL draft day party. We'll give you some more details about that coming up. Um, but also, my man Patrick Specs Text Line wants to know your bucket list items because it is National Bucket List Day. Uh, one of our uh, <laughs> texters wanted uh, to basically uh, what do you want to do? I guess he wanted to cage dive with sharks. Is that what yeah, you call yeah, cage diving? Yeah. Is that what it is? Basically, you get locked up in a cage. So you're protected from the shark, but then you just go down there and kind of hang out with the sharks. Uh, I said... Uh, not really my thing. You know, I'm not really for the organized, life-risking recreational activities, but to each his own. Uh, Patrick, who has <laughs> paraglided through the Swiss Alps? Yes. Wow. That is real. No, we didn't make that factoid up. That's, That's a real thing. Patrick really did that. That would, would have been on his bucket list item, uh, on his bucket <laughs> list, but he already did that. It wasn't even that. It was just I was in Switzerland, 
And then they were like, do you want to do this thing up and then I was like, sure, let's do it. Win in Rome. Yeah. I mean, I, there you go. That's I couldn't, so I cannot believe that. Go sit in a van driving up a rocky road for an hour and a half. It'll be fun. Uh, it would have been more <laughs> fun to me than my risking my life. But you were strapped <laughs> to another human being. I was strapped to that another was, human being. I, will, I, honestly, I am willing to do some um, organanced, life-risking recreational activities if I'm strapped to another, now, pro, to a professional. Now, the expert. fun part, so you're at the top, like you're at the top of this hill, mountain thing, and then and then it's like you're running, and then you basically run, and it picks you up before you hit the cliff edge, right? Oh uh, yeah, so yeah. That's yeah. how you do it, <sighs> like the wind. Yeah. Uh, and then they're like, "Hey, so when you take, when you do it, we're gonna put everything out. When you run, uh, if you we run, if we say stop, like fall on your butt, stop, because it means the chute's not opening, the lines got tangled or something, and oh. so stop, because you'll just run off a cliff and." Oh well, that thank that's great. So how so the first couple of people do coming? it. First people, first couple people do it just fine. I start to go down. You should stop. Something. You're like, oh no! So they had to stop. We had to go back up the hill, and they had to redo it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that how was, long is this running start? It's not that long because it, it's like so. Basically, you have probably well, that's not good. I need to. You probably have forty yards till the cliff, and within twenty, they've already told you to stop. So you still you're not you still got twenty yards before you're going to run off a okay. cliff. And when it happens, you just get picked up. Like you're you're mm-hmm. up when you go. But if there's a malfunction, no, exactly. They tell you to stop. Well, I'm I'm running like Tom Brady at the combine. Then <laughs> I ain't gonna be running fast at 40 yards. <laughs> running slow, just taking my time. Hey, you good? I'm looking at my. You good? You good? We good? All right, there you go. Bucket list items. Uh, Texter wants us to know though, in case we were afraid of the shark attacks. He said, Rod, most shark attacks are in three feet of water. Yeah, so why are y'all trying to scare us about sharks? See, I used to have a rule that I only went into the ocean, like, nipple deep, like, just chest high. Now, I'm changing that rule. Now He's I'm, going in with the yardstick. Yeah, now he's If the exactly, yardstick's underwater. If it goes above the knees now, I'm, I, I have to question it. See, thanks, Texter. You just uh, just, uh, you just basically decreased my Rod, Rod's wife life. would like to thank you for ruining more fun at the beach. <laughs> oh, no, she knows. She already knows this. She already knows. She, she knows. I usually, I'm the guy wearing, like, a life vest just randomly around when I'm getting too deep too, into the too water. Too deep in the water? Just yeah, and then we have another Texter be like, I got I'll show you this shark tracker that shows that there are great whites in the Gulf. Like, come on, man! I got. I'm gonna be there in like a month and a half. Great whites. You taking Lou too? Yeah. Yeah. Don't be. Hey, Lou. Make sure Lou's Lou safe. Don't, Lou don't even want to be in the water. Lou Lou's gonna like, be maybe yeah, maybe like. paw deep in the water. <laughs> Lou. Okay. Me and Lou can kick it then. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe paw deep. I don't Lou know if he's gonna like go. A, he's a man after my own heart. Then. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's talk about the Cowboys. I like this story. Uh, I thought it was interesting. So Dak Prescott reportedly is going to have input on the Dallas Cowboys wide receiver prospects that they're going to draft this season. He said, quote, "Um, I'm going to do a little bit like last year when he was asked about, uh, he said the Cowboys gave him tape of a couple of wide receivers that they may draft. He said that he's going to review the tape and he's going to actually reach out to players. He said, uh, quote, I'm going to do a little bit like last year, a couple of receivers. I have their tape, watch them, may give them a call, and maybe we take them. Maybe we don't. But it does feel good even to have input and to know it is listened to. Um, okay, and, it, I, and this is brilliant by the Cowboys, by the way, because I was in H, and, and my, my man Patrick remembers this too, I was in H-Town when the Deshaun Watson uh, drama first started to rear its ugly head, and it actually wasn't about his stuff off the field. It was the DeAndre Hopkins trade yeah. that he was upset about because the Texans didn't reach out. He wasn't upset that they traded him. Was like, a, he was upset tell. they didn't reach out to him. Then nobody texted him. He found out basically watching Sports Center like everybody else. Uh, he found out via something low on his phone, and he thought that was disrespectful. 
And it, I, I said at the time, I said, yeah, you know what? It should be considered common courtesy. If you're a franchise quarterback, if you're going to trade his top receiver, to give him a heads up and say, hey, man, just so you know, trading your top receiver. I, ain't, I don't need your approval, but I, I thought it was respectful enough of you, and I thought that our relationship mattered enough that I would tell you. It's a relationship thing. And it really did start the downward spiral of the relationship between De- DeAndre Hopkins and the Texans. And I remember when Patrick Mahomes was asked by the uh, the Chiefs who who they should draft in the first round of that Clyde Edwards-Alaire draft. He said Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Now, granted, <laughs> I don't know if that's worked out for him, but they listened to their quarterback because I and their quarterback later on signed a ten year deal with him after he won Super Bowls. I think it matters in that relationship. The, the quarterback feels they feel like their opinion is not only you know valued, but that their opinion actually matters within the organization. So uh, I think it's a smart move. By the way, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, that was a big part of them drafting him. Joe Burrow was consistently on that bandwagon. Hey, man, draft Joe Burrow. And we've seen lately teams actually take into account uh, chemistry between wide receivers and quarterbacks as one of the data points in evaluating, you know, uh, free agents or evaluating draft picks and even – this is crazy because Dak, and I, I didn't even know this was a thing as well, but Dak talked about last year how he reached out to Jalen Tobert, and Jalen Tobert said he didn't know that quarterbacks could do that. He said, quote, um, I answered the phone, and he was like, Jalen. I was like, what's up? And he's like, this is Dak Prescott. How are you doing? Said Jalen Tobert, the South Alabama wide receiver. He said, for a minute, it was surreal because I never knew quarterbacks would call prospects, but it was an awesome, great experience. Um, he said they talked for like 20 minutes and uh, that the Cowboys really did value what Dak had to say. Uh, Will McClay said, quote, for me, that was a Dak thing. The importance of him to the organization. He reached out and said, hey, here's some guys to do your thing with because we're 50 plus years old here. We have an impression and feeling about players and guys in and, and that locker room and also pick up tendencies. And it was important for a great person like him to reach out to these guys. Smart move. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, because you see so much of what scouts do is not just on the X's and O's and watching game film and trying to pick out a guy. A lot of what scouts do is relationships and knowing guys to try and figure out, hey, man, like we see scouts at at basketball games. They're asking questions. They're trying to figure out. They're trying to talk to guys to go, all right, is this a class guy? What is he doing? How are his grades? How are You're trying to figure out things behind the scenes, see if there's any – if there's animosity between teammates or what people thought about what he did there and what was the reaction in the locker room after he had a good game, that's a lot of what scouts is, is trying to figure out those things because that's – they uh, most people can sit on a computer now and look at all the game film. Yep. So it's about – that is uh, relationships. And they realize, the Cowboys and this, realize, hey, man, we're sending our scouts out and everything. But, again, we, these are all guys in their 50s and 60s and 70s. So they may not be getting the answers they want to get. They yeah. may not be getting – they may not have the right viewpoint on it that when they say, hey, man, they're listening to this band, no matter what band or artist they say, your head is like, I've never heard of that person before. Yeah. And Dak hears it and goes, oh, do you like that song? Mm-hmm. And it's just a different oh, no viewpoint question. on it. He well, knows how locker rooms are now yep. versus someone who hasn't been in a locker room in 40 years. <laughs> exactly. Well, been locker rooms, but you know he, that guy may w- be willing to open up to Dak yeah, because he's exactly. closer to his age range, that kind of stuff, yeah. than he would be to you know some scout like you said who's forty or fifty years old. Yeah, it's, I mean, how much one of the people at work you'll talk to your coworker about how you don't like your boss, or you'll talk to your coworker about an assignment you got you don't like, or whatever that is. 
But if your boss walks in, you're not going to go, man, this sucks, you suck, and I'm out of here. <laughs> so if your potential employer is calling you, you're not going to necessarily be f- full it up right with them. <laughs> uh, no, I, I just think it's interesting that NFL teams now are starting to value the kind of the, um, you know, the in, indefinable, uh, intangible, um, or immeasurable quality that is chemistry. Like he's basically saying, like, no, I want to see if Dak's got some chemistry with these guys, and that was part yeah. of it. And we saw, obviously, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Jalen Hurts, and Devonta Smith, uh, Tua, and Jalen Waddle, Derek Carr, and um, hell, Devontae Adams, Kyler Murray, and Marquise Brown before they trade him. Like teams now are starting to, to look at the overall relationship a quarterback has with a receiver and go, maybe there is something that sets this relationship apart on the field because they have a special whip of. They have a special, uh, indefinable quality um, that makes their connection unique. It's interesting because the NFL really doesn't operate that way. That's like a feelings thing. The NFL don't operate in feelings. Yeah. <laughs> the NFL is about things they can quantify, numbers. But, hey, but it's Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones likes feelings. Jerry, Jerry Jones, Jones is by feelings. Hey, what was that player <laughs> survey they did? It was like player family treatment, A+. Plus. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like They treat everybody like family. Uh, yeah, to a, actually, to a fault. Uh, uh, the, the, if you look at the position, though, that has been visited or at least that has been um, interviewed, whether it be online or in person, by the Cowboys, it has been cornerback. Number one, 13 cornerbacks and 11 wide receivers. So wide receiver, the second most, um, at least the second most interviewed or the second most visited uh, position for the Cowboys during this offseason leading up to the draft. All right, we come back. We got off the record on the side right here on Baltimore Line 1049. DD. Mega doo doo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get. They bring the income. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Wow, breaking news Monday. How many, what were we on, four different breaking news stories so far today? I think so. We'll try to keep up with all of them. Here's the latest that hits close to home. The Houston Rockets, yep, them Rockets, they have uh, basically decided to hire Ime Udoka uh, as their new head coach based on the report from Adrian Wojnarowski. Shout out to my man CB, sent it to me. Shout out to CB, at Chris GB002000. Yeah, so Ime Udoka. I gotta tell you, um, I'm a little surprised by this. I didn't. I think Emil Doka is actually now on court, on the court as a coach. I think he's a, he's a damn good head coach. Obviously, there's a lot of baggage that Emil Doka brings. Is there? Has he? Is there any baggage still with him now? He, he doesn't have any baggage in relation to um, like any suspensions or any, like anything like that. I don't think in so. His future. He's done with all I that. I think because I think that was going to be done in house, and that was like a team thing, not an NBA. Thing, yeah. Not a so I think. Thing. Okay. I think, and it's like a lot of that got pushed under the rug because they didn't, because people involved in it were apparently people important in the league or in the organization, so they didn't want all the names to come out and all of yeah. that stuff. So when business. you don't have all that out, it makes it harder for the NBA to have a suspension because if you're going to let the NBA handle it, then the NBA is going to leak all that information eventually. And so I think they were like, "Cool, let him go somewhere else, let him do whatever, yeah, we don't and want, just forget yeah. about it. Let's push this behind us and forget about it." And that's what it seems like they're going to try and do. And uh, look, I, I think he's a great coach. I, I would have preferred them hire someone else. I don't want to 
have to play him as a Spurs fan all That's the time. That's what I want to hear as a Rockets fan. <laughs> yeah. No, I think he's a really good coach. Uh, they got some. If they're able to continue to grow this talent on the team, which he did a really good job in Boston, when they had a lot of good young talent but just weren't putting it together, he was able to turn that team around very quickly and get him to play for a finals. I don't think that's where I don't think the Rockets are playing for a finals next year. But they can yeah, should be make the playoffs. But you should be you should you can yeah, you should be play in a playoffs. I think you should be there when you're talking about at worst getting a I think the fourth pick overall, fourth or fifth pick overall is your worst case scenario. You're still getting another really good player to pair with Jalen Green and uh with, with Jabari Smith. I you know, you should be able to make some runs. You're gonna have some money for free agency. You've got rid of Eric Gordon in that contract this year as well. John Wall's gone now. You can kind of reset in Houston. Yeah, I think he understands there's a possibility if when Benyama goes to H Town. Oh yeah. I'm not saying he he's going there, but as obviously between the Pistons and between the Spurs and the Rockets, if he goes there, that could that could change the trajectory of your career. I mean, you can become a Hall of Fame coach pretty much. Yeah. Just that one move that if he is as good as everybody says he is. He is. And if he can keep it in his pants. Yes, in H Town, you know what? It's the temptation. I, well, he's not he's not married anymore, I don't believe. No, that's well. I don't, were they well, he was never married, but he was he was Life in a partner with he was in a long term relationship. He was. I mean, he had kids and everything. Right? They, they were like together for a ton, yeah. a long time. Yeah, and yeah, um, I, I think it's a good hire. Like I said, he had baggage. He still obviously is probably dealing with some of that. But as long as he has gotten his um, his act together off the court, and that's not too much of a distraction, the Rockets just made a hell of a hire. Uh, yeah. Emil Doka as their uh, next head coach. All right, we come back. We'll hit all the breaking stories on the other side. We we'll hit all of them as many as we can, and then uh, we'll dive into some of the other topics. I still want to hit the NBA a little bit. Uh, Peter King's mock draft. Uh, we also have the S two cognition scores update that we'll get into as well. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 Horn.